me, your host, Sean Lynn, in the pub for a dram with friends where we talk about faith, family, food, and fun. Pull up a chair and I'll pour you a drink. Episode 19. We are joined today in the pub by Naz, who's going to talk about his journey of faith as a high school chaplain. Sit back as I pour us a dram. Welcome to another episode of A Dram with Friends. Today we are extremely blessed to have a friend visit us in the pub who's a brand new dad to twin little boys. Welcome to the pub, Naz. Thank you. So, Naz, who is Naz? <laughs> well, that's me. <laughs> what would you like to know? Tell us a little bit about yourself. What, uh, For those that don't know the world-famous Naz as the chaplain at... Uh, Father Lacombe and uh, some of the stuff you've done. So let us know who you are. Sure. So yeah, uh, my name is Naz, or that's my short name. I'm Nazim, and I uh, I'm a chaplain at Father Lacombe High School. I am married now, almost five years, and I have two little boys that are only uh, two months old now, and they're twins, so they keep us on our toes, and. I'm a Catholic, but I wasn't always a Catholic, so that's uh, a little change in my life. So that, so really, if you think about my baptismal age, I'm less than ten years old. <laughs> oh wow! So you're just you're just a pup in the church, as it were. I am still learning. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's called a dram with friends, so I'm gonna, I, uh, I'm buying local here, so Eau Claire distillery just uh, south of calgary there this is their new one called rupert's exceptional canadian whiskey uh i thought i'd give it a try but my understanding is you're gonna you're gonna be drinking tea because you gotta stay on your toes uh looking after those two-month-olds mystic monk to be specific <laughs> oh i brought in a lot of mystic monk so i'll have there to you let you know next time i do an order i've got an order actually sitting at the borders since march yeah things are hard uh, at, to transfer borders right now eh? yeah it's at a friend's house down in montana so it's been a little frustrating that way but we will get through this uh with god so you said you're only 10 years a catholic what were what how did you grow up where'd you grow up yeah, uh, so I grew up in a Muslim family. So my family is Muslim. Uh, there's a, two types of, there's different sects of Muslims. So they're called Shia Ismaili Muslims. And uh, I obviously grew up in that faith, but but found a, I wasn't, it wasn't the faith for me. I was very detached from it. My understanding of God was very different. And and obviously some life, life circumstances forced me to, uh, do some soul searching and it it did lead me eventually to my Catholic faith. But there was a period of time where I would, I referred to myself as a atheist or an agnostic sometimes, depending on my mood, I guess you might say very, 
convenient way to to live my life but i didn't know what i i didn't know what i knew and and so i i said yeah there's a possibility of a god but i have no evidence for it so i i lived as an atheist and and very very deep in the realm of science and empiricism and requiring evidence for belief of certain things so it's kind of the the background of my faith but it set me up for 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 my conversion you might say um what what started you on that conversion was there people in your life or was there so, so that it? that itself is a long story. I'll give you the Coles Notes version. I just so for example, I just found out that um, the doctor, our obstetrician, that that my babies had also delivered me um, many many years ago. Who knew, right? And he's a very faithful Catholic, and I couldn't help but wonder if he prays for the baby he delivers. Because if he does, then my conversion started the day I was delivered and I never would have known it. So, so that could have been where my conversion started. But in terms of active knowledge of my conversion, it started at um, a university campus called St. Mary's University. It's, it's here in Calgary uh, in the South. And the conversion started not because of the school, but because of a teacher. And my chemistry teacher who was in a lot of ways, just like me, very empirical in nature and really loved science. Um, took nine years to get her degree and and gave it up to become a sister. And and she's a sister now, after another eight years of formation. And and that I had such a good relationship with her, and it was such a confusing moment to see someone that I I look so up to um, change like that. Especially since I was like, you're giving up nine years of scientific education for a calling that you feel it was very confusing and that that was like uh the seed that started but then a couple years later i ran into a girl at the university of calgary campus and and she comes from a very faithful catholic family as well and and that that was like so i asked her i'll give you the short version i asked her out and she said no because I was Muslim and she was Catholic, and I was like, I kind of had like deja vu. I was like, wait a minute, this is the same thing as that other teacher that I really loved. What is happening? What is this Catholic thing? It got me looking. It got me looking quite a bit. I did some research, and 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 really the research was all like internet Google research. I didn't really find any answers. Only that there's this Catholic thing, and people are really weird about it, and I don't know why people are are so like, like, what? why did this teacher change? Why is this girl not going to date me? She says she likes me. Why won't she date me? And uh, she she and I and did end up dating. And, and my real conversion really, really started at my first mass, actually, um, while I was dating this girl. So it was two months into our relationship. And she invited me to come to mass. And I said, well, our relationship is getting kind of serious. I should probably go see what this part of her life is about. And I went to my first um, mass, which was a Holy Thursday mass, and and I had a very intimate experience at at the church. And um, I don't know how to break it down, but but for a person that comes from a very chaotic life, um, to experience peace for the first time is like 
experiencing fresh air from from sitting in a stale room for for a long time you just don't even know what you didn't have and that is that was the that was the moment that that god penetrated my heart beyond my intellect and that's really when it started wow yeah thank you, you for sharing that and yeah. it's ama- it's amazing how women help conversions because <laughs> My wife played in the, the choir at uh, church, so that seemed like a very good reason for me, who wanted to get to know this girl, to go back to church. So, uh, yes, uh, totally. I would. Uh, they they do help men understand. It's it's okay to go to church. So. <laughs> yeah, points me in the right direction. That's that's good to hear, and uh, you're. You've had a journey. You've uh, you've gone from a baby in the church to to a chaplain in a high school, spreading the gospel to these these young people who so desperately need to to hear the message. How did how did that happen? Well, yeah, it's a complicated journey. Um, so I guess. I guess it would be important to point out that this girl that brought me into the church the first time, we only, we dated, but I never ended up marrying her. Uh, She's a really good friend of mine now. But part of that breakup resulted in me doing some further soul searching because I came across this faith and I I didn't know how to make ownership of it. And I didn't know how to make it my own because I had built it off on a girl. And, and except that I did have an experience with God that was so vivid and clear and I, and I was rebuilding my faith. So I ended up spending some time at a faith formation school called St. Therese in uh, Bruno, Saskatchewan. And that really helped me rebuild the building blocks of my faith. It gave me um, a base knowledge of, of my Catholic faith, somewhere to start, because I, I obviously didn't have the years growing up in a family with that knowledge. And, and it put me on the right track so that God could prepare me for for the job that I'm doing now as a chaplain. Um, I didn't know this job existed, but I got hired into the education system as a bio teacher, and I didn't get my job back, but I got rehired as a chaplain. And and I'll be honest, I don't think I'm I'm fit for the job. I don't have the education that required, and and I feel like sometimes I'm lacking the knowledge, but I have the heart. And I have God, and I know God is all about equipping those he calls. And I feel like he, he's called me into this position, he's equipping me for it. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's a big job to, <laughs> to be a chaplain. And, and it's overwhelming sometimes, but uh, he does provide in those ways. But that, that's kind of the direction how I got into that position. It was very, very by grace, to be honest. <laughs> and, and God is faithful. And... And that's what men need to understand, especially that it's okay to share the faith. It's not like you have to have a theology degree or anything. Uh, Jeff Cavins developed the Activated Disciple where he says, you just have to speak that word and let the Holy Spirit confirm it. And that's why we're sitting in the pub having a talking about faith and family and food is just hopefully that they we can help men realize that no matter where they are in their walk with god they can share that with those around them 
to be honest, the whole job of chaplaincy is is ran on the grace of God. It doesn't work otherwise. I have nothing to give, only only what God has given me. It's it's uh it's a yeah, it's a beautiful job, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. Uh, so I'm now uh, SRO in the high schools, and I I I think it's it's great hanging around with the young people. Uh, you have been off because of your 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 young boys there, but uh, it's been it's been tough with all the face masks and the distancing, mm-hmm. and it, it's been really hard to engage those around i have to make a conscious effort where i used to always try and smile at the kids and you know make Mm -hmm. that eye contact now you have to make sure that good morning how are you just trying to say hi to them and that we recognize that they're there and let them know god loves them i'm also having like i spent September in the school, and then I, I took two months off, and I'll be going back December 14th, so in a couple of weeks here. But uh, I'm all about building relationships um, with, with the students at Lacombe, and it's definitely hard behind a mask because uh, you don't realize until you have a mask on how much you respond to someone's face, facial expressions, and body language, and it's significantly harder. That's for sure. It is. Uh... They say the eyes are the window to the soul, so hopefully they see my eyes smiling uh, <laughs> most of the time. But uh, it, it it's definitely been a challenge with that isolation, and I, I it's something that I wrote in my last uh, newsletter to the God Squad about. We're still on a mission that that when you call the police to come and help you. You really don't care what stands in their way of getting to there to help you. You don't care if there's traffic jams or whatever. You want them there to help you. And God has given us a mission to to evangelize. And, and we really need to pivot, make adjustments, whatever it is, to continue that mission. Because the mission hasn't gone away because of COVID. If anything, it's, it's increased because of the isolation and loneliness of so many people that need to hear that gospel message of of love totally so how has it been with the twin babies in the house uh, as a, a new parent well let me tell you i was made for fatherhood i didn't know it i didn't know i was made to be a father but uh now that I have two boys, it is really amazing. My wife is amazing. She's like the most incredible mother. And, and, it's, and you know, I'm really glad I took the two months off because I've spent a lot of time building relationships with the boys and getting to know them and, uh, and, and also spending time with my wife. It's really been amazing. And they're so fun. And they're really cute. <laughs> it really helps. Well... Hopefully, when we're allowed to uh, visit again, uh, I will have a chance to, to yeah. see them and uh, maybe even hold one. I'm pretty good I with know. Babies. It's so sad that uh, they're not being socialized the way I would like them to have been. But it is the world we live in right now. It is. And it's one that will come to an end uh, mm-hmm. as 
you were talking about science. I've been leading a study at St. Peter's uh, called The Search, which is on our heroicmen.com uh, platform for any of those men that are looking for materials. It is fantastic. And uh, episode three was all about church and science. And a lot of people would be amazed to know about the cooperation between the church and science. Like one of the points I think he said was there's 35 uh, places on the moon named after Jesuits because of the Jesuits found them or whatever mm -hmm. markings. In fact, it, so many Catholics that we don't even know have impacted the world of science more significantly than, than non-Catholics and, and they're everywhere. Um, what, what even Christians, even Christians, right? So it's just, it's just like, for me, reconciling science and religion was a tough journey, but really, there's nothing to reconcile because they, they do go together. They're two very different things, and they work in community with each other. But, but I, I think it's just our, our world tries to separate them all the time, and it's just we're not, it's not meant to be separated, right? God uses physical realities and spiritual realities. They, they, they work together. Yes, yes, they do. And and for those that don't know, one of the things that was, is quite interesting is the Vatican has an observatory for yeah. in Arizona that, I know. that they look at the stars and, and yeah, full-time priests run it. So, yeah, <laughs> it's it's amazing the the that faith and science. So we also talk about food and fun. Uh, are you, have you sharpened your culinary skills uh, in the last two months looking after your wife? I have tons of hobbies. I am, I'm a guy that, that hobby jumps. So um, I love to cook. It's my favorite thing to do. I'm, I'm very like for me, uh, cooking is such a relief that uh, I love to do it. I have, I think I got it from my mom. So my, my mom is, is, is an amazing cook. And I must have absorbed it osmo osmotically somehow from her because like I have picked up cooking skills that I shouldn't have. <laughs> and so, so I can, I can take spices and I can just throw them together and make something delicious. I love to cook. I do everything. Um, I'm very particular though in my, in my kitchen. The way I run my kitchen is very particular. So my wife knows that. She she knows how to work, work around me now, but uh, it's so funny. So what my favorite thing to make, my favorite food is chicken wings and ribs. I love chicken mm -hmm. wings and ribs. And I love to make the sauce. I mean I mean fa make fancy sauces, something different every time. It's wonderful. Yeah, I'm a I'm a rib guy too and I've uh Everybody asked me for my recipe for my rub, and I'm going. Well, it's not quite the same because <laughs> I've never, I've never measured anything. Or totally, that's and... that's me too. I just I don't measure. I just uh, I throw it in and I smell it and I know what the flavor is going to do. It's just I got it from my mom. I have to tell you, it's funny that happened because my brother is the exact opposite of me. He's terrible with food. <laughs> there you go. So we'll we'll have to do some. Uh... Some ribs. My wife likes the Memphis style, so oh, it's wonderful. dry rub, yeah. and then you sauce later. So uh, that's just the way to do it. I love it. That's what I do too. There yeah. you go. Well, 
when this uh actually i got i got a a few ribs in the freezer we we may have to do that one of these oh, days man. let me tell you if anyone doesn't know sean loves his meat and he knows how to do meat so I, i'm i'm open <laughs> you're open there you go okay so one of the segments as you know as a high school chaplain a lot of our young men are are struggling uh especially what is a man or or what to do in life so a segment i've been asking my guests is what advice would you give your 18 year old self i know that was just a couple of years ago for you but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give your 18 year old self hmm well that was 15 years ago <laughs> and Honestly, my 18-year-old self was um, such a different person than I am now that that it's really hard to consider. Like, I I grew up in a I grew up with a lot of suffering, um, to be honest, and and suffering can do one of two things: it can bring you to great joy, and when you if you embrace the Lord on the cross, or it can bring you to um, great cynicism and anger if you run away from the cross and I didn't even know about the cross at the time and so it for me at the time it, it led me to into a place where I was like um, very angry and cynical with the world and to advise myself from where I am now would be very difficult because I wouldn't I wouldn't respond to it it was there would be nothing I could tell myself even if it was me telling me that I would respond to but instead what I can comment on is is our 18 year old men are the, we're struggling like the 18 year old men these days are struggling a lot and the struggle is is that they don't have good fathers all the time i think we're we're living in a world of fatherlessness even when kids have a father at home and, and that role model and witness to fathership is so important. And I think, uh, like, even for myself, that's what was lacking in my life is, is, a, is um, like, a good role model for fatherless, for a father figure. And, and I, I put that with a caveat. And I put that because we have, like, we have two fathers. We have our father in heaven and our father on earth, right? And, and I think the father on earth has a has a role in developing his relationship with his kids and bringing him into relationship with their father on heaven because we're because we're so imperfect it's impossible to fulfill that role completely and it and that's why it's so important to do, to connect our children with god the father to to fill in the gaps that we cannot fulfill i think that's what our 18 year old boys really need so so it's funny because as a chaplain, my job as a chaplain is is a role model of father, as a father figure quite often, and and that's my job is to to connect them with God the Father quite often, and uh, so well, I don't know if that answers your question. That answers it perfectly. <laughs> In fact, as you know, uh, I'm good buddies with Saint Joseph, and uh, and trying to live up to his example and one of the things that i read was being the reflection of god the father mm -hmm. much like the moon reflects the light of the sun 
if we can reflect the love of God the Father to our children, they'll never not know that love. So I think that's a perfect way to explain it. So I also have another segment. So Jeff Cavins talks about having a posse and a saint that you ride with or, or walk with. And so who is your go-to saint <laughs> and why? I, I have three. <laughs> okay. I have a little posse. I'll, make, I'll, I'll briefly comment on each of them. Um, in the early stages of my Catholic faith, I, I was really developing a bond with St. Agnes quite intimately, and uh, she's one of my go-tos. And then over the years, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, I'd say, pursued me for many years, and I ran like a little child <laughs> until I finally embraced his intervention in my life. And um, St. John Bosco has been really deep on my heart in the last couple of years, especially as a chaplain. I think I look up to St. Bosco quite a bit. His role model and his impact on the young people in his ministry and his humility is just so strong and such a perfect witness of fatherhood. And as a chaplain, like that's literally, that's literally what he did. And, and it, and it, he helps keep me humble a little bit. Those are my three. And, and because I spent a lot of time at St. Therese Faith of Institution, um, the charism is to live the lifestyle of St. Therese. So she's been a big part of my uh, life and learning to love in little ways and to do little acts of love and service in everything we do. That's, that is the way to sainthood for anyone because it's, it's little and it's, it's, it can, you, anyone can do it. It's beautiful. Thank you very much. Uh, I had a daughter that went to St. Therese, so I'm, uh, I'm familiar with the place and it's in the middle of nowhere, which is uh, kind of a neat setting. And uh, uh, I want to thank you for, for sharing your, your faith with us today, visiting us here in the pub. And uh, I, I'm not sure if you know, but uh, the Gaelic word or the origin of the word whiskey is a Gaelic word called Ishkabaha, which means water of life. And my prayer is that you continue to lead many young people to the true water of life, our Lord Jesus Christ. So keep up your good work and look after those babies and we will cook some ribs together in the near future. Sounds great. Thank you, Sean. It's been a pleasure. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of A Dram with Friends. Please remember to subscribe and like this show. If you'd like to support us, go to godsquad.ca to make a donation. Thank you and have a great day.